What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, and I am exhausted from teaching. I forgot what it's like. We were just talking about this. I'm back, and so I'm, I'm struggling. And I am joined on the podcast by my co-host, Jacob Dunn, who's still on summer break, I feel like. So how are you doing, Jacob? Life's good, Kevin. I mean, today was my daughter's first day of preschool, so I definitely got all the feels right now. But <laughs> her teacher assured me that she had a great day. And like you said, Kevin, I'm not really full time into teaching yet. It's all about, you know, like scheduling everything. So I'm chilling right now, but I know that you are stressed out of your mind, Kevin. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm there. I I do remember the first day I dropped my daughter off at preschool. I was a mess. She was happy. She ran and uh, went and played <laughs> with her friends. And I'm yeah. like, wait, you're supposed to be sad, but she was not sad. She was excited to go play to school. Now she can't wait to go to school. And I'm like, what am I? What am I over here? Chop, <laughs> Chop liver. Yeah. Chop liver now. Uh, but hey, you know what? On today's show, we're covering recent news from NFL training camps. We had some injuries, unfortunately, other things. Uh, who is Whose stock is up and down right now for us? Listener questions and another battle royale. Three, two, one, go! Switch it up on us right there. So we are going to go recent news. Rashad Bateman had groin surgery. He's out until late September. RIP Rashad. Uh, uh, dang it. I, I, you're killing me because I, I really thought you were going to be a good value in all these other areas. Yeah. Uh, so what is your opinion of Rashad being out that long? And do you have any uh, any opinions on what that wide receiver room is going to look like now? Yeah, so Bateman was going to be a sneaky pickup even 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 in redraft leagues, you know, yeah. and now and now he's been given a six to eight week recovery timetable following that core muscle surgery, which means he may not even see NFL action until late September or even October which is a huge bummer uh, given the injuries to Hollywood Brown and miles Boykins. It looks like Sammy Watkins, Devin Duvernay and Tylen Wallace are left standing. So I don't know about you, Kevin, but Mark Andrews has shot up my tight end rankings board. Um, I think that Lamar Jackson is going to cling on to Andrews and Andrews. Now uh, he has a fifth round ADP and now that ADP seems very enticing to me. I would be willing to take the plunge there. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I'm staying away from all the wide receivers. Uh, if you get, I'm gonna, you could draft Bateman though. I think he's gonna go a little later now. Obviously, in redraft, I right. think he's a value. Uh, it, it depends on where he's going. Like, if you're not gonna have to draft him that starter role, and and you can hope that he comes back. But even then, injury like this, he's gonna be out as a rookie. Like. I think this definitely dampens his, you know, his, his year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just don't see it being like, ah, I thought I really thought he was gonna be that guy. You right. know, I, I really don't want to draft Sammy Watkins, Jacob. Like, no. <laughs> I don't want to do it. The, no. the one guy, maybe Devin Duvernay, like, mm-hmm. you know, he could maybe they utilize his speed. Maybe remember he was a third round pick. He did have that draft capital mm-hmm. that we're talking about. He, he, you know, last year he got targeted 26 times. He had 20 catches for, I think, 201 yards, something like that. Like, obviously he didn't have the season that some thought he was going to have. But the target's got to be there for somewhere. And if if right. if Marquise is out in those places, I, I don't think I would draft him. I Maybe he'd go late. Maybe you, 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 you know, you grab him later and, in your drafts. But to me, it's Andrews, right? I think that's going to be right. the key. Now, does Andrews jump over like Hawkinson or Pitts for you yet? Or where is that kind of group? To Andrews jumps over Hawkinson. Um, okay. Originally, I had Mark Andrews around like tight end six just because he's not as consistent as I want him to be. 
one game he'll have three touchdowns and another game he'll only have like 40 yards. You know, like it's just like you don't know what you're getting from him week by week. But if all these wideouts are gone and they're not developing that chemistry with Jackson, then yeah. Mark Andrews is the de facto wideout on that team. And I think this also boosts J.K. Dobbins. I think that they will manufacture touches for him as well in the passing game. And I like what you said about Devin Duvernay. You know, he received six targets last last Saturday in the first preseason game. So they were definitely targeting him, trying to see what they have in him to see if he could handle a larger workload. So those are the three guys that I see um, that I see receiving a boost after all these injuries. Yeah, you stole my take too on Dobbins. You guys had to draft Dobbins. He's going as ADP 32. He's no. going third round. Running back 15 is is just is is ridiculous, especially because they're going to get him more involved. They have to. Right. And I think they could lean on Edwards a little bit in the rushing attack, but they're going to have to throw Dobbins the ball. Like there's going to be opportunities for him. So I'm smashing Dobbins. I think this helps out Dobbins and Andrews the most. It hurts Bateman, obviously, if you have him. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Dynasty, obviously, you're just going to have to hold. But right. JK, man, gosh, you have two more weeks left out there, people. Like you need right. to get on the JK train. Like the fact that he and his ADP hasn't moved very much. Like it's pretty no. much been that. And so I think I think for anybody out there, it's Dobbins, Andrews, yes, but Dobbins to me is is a clear smash. One hundred percent. All right, next uh, next news that we got is Mike Williams. Uh, I don't know if you stopped me if you heard this before, Jacob, but Mike Williams is hurt. <laughs> He's hurt again. Oh, Damn man. it, Mike Williams. Of course, I write an article about you about being a value. You know, right. wide receiver sleeper. He got a hip flexor. He missed a couple of joint practices. It doesn't necessarily seem like. He's out, but it just sucks. Like it just right. feels like we're going down this road again. Like how does that? How does that? I know you had a uh, you have a monologue or something <laughs> about Mike Williams. How do you feel about Mike Williams here? Man, Mike Williams was pegged as by this year's sleeper, a breakout candidate. You name it, he was pegged yeah. as that guy this year, especially by you, Kevin. You know, and <laughs> I and I was drinking the Kool Aid as well. It's just that I can't get over. Like it always seems like Mike Williams is dealing with something, whether it's his back, his knees, and now, uh, you know, and now it's his hip. So, yeah. so it's just like, I, I don't want to spend, you know, a, you know, a seventh, eighth, ninth round pick on this guy. If I am just going to be wondering every week, is he going to play or wondering while he's playing, Oh, I bet he's going to get, get dinged up and he's going to be out for the game. Like I need my white out healthy. So I'm not going to risk it unless he falls into the 12th round or later. Uh, the only wide out I trust on Los Angeles is Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very fair. I do think that Williams is still someone in half PPR and like standard that I, I, I I'm willing to take a shot on. Cause I think he can still score touchdowns. Like sure. if he, if he has that PPR worries me cause he can't stay on the field. Right. Like right. he has those two catches, 80 yards, he'll go out. And it's like, well, that's not going to do much for me in PPR. Right. Uh, God, I still love Mike. Like I still think he has the talent there. It does sound like from a dynasty perspective, they're not going to extend him unless he has like a breakout year again, where he actually, you know, can produce and stay on the field, which right. as we're talking about is something there. So like dynasty, you better hope that he has a few good games and maybe you can move him and, and move him. Cause I don't know where he's going to go next. And he'll find a roster though. If Sammy Watkins is on a roster somewhere out there, <laughs> Mike Williams will find a roster. I just think that just like Rashad, I had a high hope for Mike. It's been that late round pick. 
in an offense with the Chargers. Herbert's going to definitely target these guys. And, right. and really, after Mike, we're going to talk about one of them. I'm, I'm going to talk about Josh Palmer uh, a little bit later. But after that, I mean, you're looking at Jalen Guyton, Palmer, Joe Reed. You know, who else is there? Austin Prohl is there. I, that's a name I have it. Jason Moore, uh, right. Tyron Johnson, KJ Hill. Like, they really don't have the depth, that wide receiver that I think some think they do. Right. No, no, absolutely. And, you know, it was going to be Mike Williams's year because this is Herbert's second year. He had such yeah. a promising rookie year. So I saw all the stars lining up for Mike Williams. It's just, I can't ignore all these, all these nagging injuries. I'm staying away personally, but I understand if you want to take the bait. I'm still taking a bit because I'm a sucker, but I mean, that's just, I'm a sucker for Mike Williams. Uh, I, I, I still think that depending on, and now that people heard this, I think people are going to be drafting the next couple of weeks here. And so like my draft for my home league is in another week. Like you're going to be able to get some of these values now based on this, but it's a risk for sure. Like right. you're going to have to risk it and hope that he can stay healthy. But I, I hope for his sake that he does, uh, gosh, Mike, come on, Mike. Now what we wanted to do and what we want to talk about is, you know, preseason happened week one and we had some games and we and we, we want to go through some some people that we think that has um, their stock has gone up and their stock has gone down based on just week one. Now, this can be overreactions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hate uh, preseason overreactions. I think I tweeted out recently, like, I hope it's over. Or someone's like, what was your reaction to the week? And I said, I just wish it was over because I cannot do these hot <laughs> takes, these, these yeah. uh, you know, but regardless we got to kind of talk about some things that stood up so for me i looked at guys that like and, and i and i looked at the list that jacob brought together too like there's guys that we think that this week does show something for the season mm-hmm. like you know we see it and, and my first guy is zach wilson from the jets uh you know it's not that he had an amazing game so i don't want anybody out there to think that like he was amazing but he was six of nine yeah, I think he had 22 snaps. He had 63 yards. He averaged about seven yards per pass attempt. And he had an 86 percentage uh, passer rating, which that was the key to me. I, I wanted to see how well he did under pressure. He's had a lot of noise. He's been dealing with a lot of things. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people have seen how Fields has done and, and all that stuff. He went second overall. Uh, but I think the biggest thing was that they use a lot of they, – they play action. They're going to use that running back, running backs by committee back there. Michael Carter, even Johnson was there. Yeah. Um, I thought that was good with what he did. He showed a really good connection with Corey Davis as well. So if you're a Corey Davis owner, or maybe you have that, that could be a very good connection, a sneaky maybe stack if we're talking about that, if you want to stack those guys up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got hit a lot, and he watched the pressure, and I thought he did well. There's a couple passes that you saw that, you know, when he really stepped up in the pressure, he was able to hit those outside outside um, receivers uh, definitely on the – on that sidelines that I liked, there was a couple passes that really showed. Um, and you see what, you know, when you lock it, when you look at what Trey Lance is going to do over in Kyle Shanahan's system, that's what Zach Wilson's system is, mm-hmm. you know, balanced system, strong supporting cast, you know, play calls tailored to who he does as a passer. So like, I actually, I'm not saying that, you know, he's a QB one in this format and redraft, especially, but I actually really like what I see. I think Zach Wilson's going to be a very good quarterback. I, I, and I like what I saw from him. He didn't make any mistakes. He didn't try to push the ball too much. He, he really let the game come to him. I was impressed by Zach Wilson, actually. Um, I was impressed by his interview after the Jets practice where he threw a couple picks in front of all the fans and everyone's just freaking out about him. I like yeah. that he said that, there are no other times where I can take chances to see what I can do on the field. I have to take those chances, you know, like I have to take mm-hmm. those chances to see what I can get away with. And he learned that he can't get away with some of those throws. And he needs a check down to, 
his yeah. back, you know, some like that. So I like how poised he was in the interview and he cleaned it up in the first preseason game. So I am also, I am also encouraged by this outing. Yeah. And I think that's a big point. Like we see those, we see the training camp footage of bad throws. It's like, well, you know what? These kids are young. They got to learn how to make those reads and see what they have out there. They're learning their wide receivers too. And I think that there's going to be a, I think Corey Davis is a, he's a veteran now. Like when we think of Corey, oh, yeah. like we've been, we've been waiting for him to break out for a while, but he's, he's been around now. Uh, right. And we're looking at how many years he's been in the league. I think that's great for Zach. I think that he's going to have that great tutor. It looks like Mims is coming back a little bit. Apparently he had uh, some bad sushi or something. He lost a bunch of weight, but he's back. <laughs> now right he's good, good. He, he's back um and and even keenan cole man keenan cole is one of those guys that is veteran leadership he has it out there so I, i'm looking forward to it i want to see what else he does but again he's a pretty he's going as qb 26 in redraft league so i mean he's going to be a waiver wire ad probably but he's someone that you could probably plug and play and you know he won't kill you right like that's right. that's kind of one of those things so who is your uh, next guy who's your stock up Okay, so I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Justin Fields. Now, <laughs> Fields to me was sensational in his first preseason action. He went 14 for 20 for 142 passing yards to go along with 33 rushing yards and another score. So he looks like the real deal. Now, he did struggle at first, you know, so don't don't get it twisted. Like he had some growing pains in the first half or once he took over in the second quarter, he had some growing pains, but that final drive in the, in the second quarter, when it was a hurry up offense, he looked great. He looked poised. And then the rest of the game that he played in, he looked great. I mean, like he was, he was hanging tough in the pocket. He was looking downfield. He, he even had this sensational play where he pretended to run which forced the defensive back to come off of the wideout to come, you know, and respect that Fields is about to run. And instead of running, he threw it to that wideout. I mean, I liked how poised he looked. I liked how confident he looked. And he said after the game that it wasn't as fast as, you know, like people made it out to be. Now he is playing against like, you know, like the second stringers in the second and third quarters. So, you know, it's going to be a lot faster when he when he eventually does play like the first team. Uh, but it's he did exactly what he needed to do against the opponents that were in front of him. You know, yeah. all all he can do is play who is in front of him and he dominated and he looked great. Yeah, you know, he uh, 14 to 20, 142 yards, 7.1 yards per attempt. He had 106.7 passer rating. And and that's what he did in college. He was very efficient. And we watched him. And in the five rushes, 33 yards and a touchdown, he has that too. He has that Konami code ability that we always talk about that we like to see. Uh, and, you know, I, I like that. I like that with Justin Fields. I like that call. Now, I do have a question about Fields. If I saw this today on, on Twitter, and it's one of those things where you want to just kind of cry a little bit. But I want to see what your opinion is. So okay. they said that having fields on the on the on as a starter would hurt Allen Robinson more so they believe that Dalton is a better option for Robinson because Dalton will just target Robinson the entire time whereas fields does a better job of progressing down he has he has more rushing ability which well Dalton doesn't so maybe those targets go down do you buy into that at all they were talking about it like three to five targets could decrease from Allen Robinson where I think of Robinson being uber talented I mean Justin Fields is going to get him the ball 
Yeah, that just hurts my heart. I mean, I don't think that Dalton is good for any wide receiver. And I'm not just saying that's hyperbole. I mean, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper got the job done with with Andy Dalton under center. But that doesn't speak to Andy Dalton's skill set. Andy Dalton isn't good for any wideout. We want Fields to take over. He looked good. His arm looked great. And he and Justin Fields was getting it done with, you know, with fourth stringers, fifth stringers. You know, he was getting it done with Jesse James, uh, you know, and wideouts like that. So yeah. if Fields takes over, he has a much better arm than Andy Dalton. And Justin Fields' threat to run will only benefit Allen Robinson because some of the linebackers or like the defensive backs have to respect fields and spy on him. So Allen Robinson's going to get one-on-ones. So fields isn't dumb. He's a very smart guy. He is a smart quarterback. Who's going to find the one-on-ones with with Allen Robinson, whom Allen Robinson has proved to be quarterback proof. So even even if Fields isn't as good of a passer as Dalton, which is crazy, whoever said, whoever said that it would, it would decrease the value of a Rob, absolutely insane. We want yeah, Fields I, to start. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think the most talented guys should be on the field, and they're going to get the targets. And and I <laughs> and I agree. And and I, and as someone who watched Dalton, Dalton's done. Uh, that same person. Yeah. Um, believe that he said Dalton's an average quarterback. Yeah, maybe four years ago. He's not average. Right. Anymore. He's a below average quarterback. I, right. I, I watched him. So I, I don't know. I just want to get your opinion there. Uh, now I'm going to go on. Um, one of my stock up players is, uh, you know, I think the Chargers third wide receiver is an interesting kind of um, area because if, like we just mentioned with Mike Williams, if he gets hurt, one of these guys is going to jump up into a lot of targets, be that wide receiver two on this team. Uh, and right now it's between Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, and I guess Tyron Johnson, maybe KJ Hill is in there and those guys. Right. Uh, but for me, I thought Josh Palmer had a very, uh, a very good game. And when we look mm-hmm. at what Josh Palmer did, you know, Josh Palmer came out of Tennessee, third round draft capital. He had 17 snaps in, in, in week one for the starters. After that, you know, what you saw from him, he had six targets, six receptions. That's pretty, you know, that that's very yeah. good. And in 36 yards. So not necessarily a huge output of numbers there based on the targets that he got, but he had a 5.5 ADOT. I, I like that from him. I think Palmer's going to slowly, it's either going to be him, Jalen Guyland or him, but based on Mike Williams' injuries, what he's dealing with, I think Palmer could easily be that third wide receiver in this offense. And even if he maybe gets fourth, but then there was an injury, we're going to see him get targets this year. And I, I think he's a good guy to watch. You could have drafted him in the third or fourth round. I think I drafted him at the end of the third of a 16-team uh, dynasty league. Hmm. I, and, and I think that's great value for a guy that maybe will step in there. And we're talking about third round draft capital on this Chargers team, which I really like. And you're talking about dynasty aspects. You could redraft. Obviously he's going to be a waiver wire pick, but he's someone to keep your eye on. I think. I like that pick. And at six, one, two twelve, And with the number three wide receiver duties wide open, I like that pick a lot, Kevin. So I would definitely be looking for Josh Palmer late in deep league redrafts. And for those who haven't done your dynasty league, that's definitely a name to watch. Yeah, and it's a good name if you have a low level dynasty level where you can maybe draft, you know, get some of these guys on the waivers. It's a it's a guy to watch. I I do like Jalen Guyton still. I think Guyton has that big playability, but Guyton again, I'd rather have Palmer probably for PPR formats is where Guyton is that big play standard half PPR. Maybe he'll score the touchdown in that offense. But I do like Palmer. He never really played in a college offense that really was 
good for him. And so when you watch it now and he has Herbert here, but again, Alan Eckler are going to take a lot of those targets. And if Mike is healthy, yeah. then this becomes non-existent. But just keep right. an eye on Josh. That would be it. Now we're going to go to yours, your neck of the woods. What do you see over there? All right. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, guys. Drew Locke, he, he had seven passes. He completed five of those passes for 151 yards and two touchdowns. He looked great. He even completed an 80-yard touchdown down the middle to K.J. Hamler. And as you know, we've been seeing a bunch of highlights this offseason of Locke just bombing it to Hamler, and they actually did it in the game. So, you know, it's not all just practice highlights. I mean, they are practicing what they do in practice in this game, and they succeeded. You know, on the next possession, Locke led a 10-play, 85-yard touchdown drive that was highlighted by a 33-yard completion to Jerry Judy and a four yard touchdown to Trinity Benson. So Locke looked poised. He looked like he wanted this job. Uh, you know, he, he is thriving despite Teddy Bridgewater breathing down his neck. If Locke starts all Broncos skills players on that offense would receive an enormous boost. So let's hope Locke can keep having success. Yeah, I thought he looked really good. Like when I watched him and I played, like I thought he looked very good. I I don't see how they start Teddy. I just don't see it. I think like you've been saying for this entire time, um, he's there. I think locks the guy and you just kind of roll with him and whatever happens. Uh, Just a quick aside. Javante looked pretty good, Jacob. I I liked I like what I saw out of him. He certainly did, my man. I mean, Melvin Gordon. He's dinged up again. Yeah. Javante Williams got the start. And he ripped off immediately an 11 yard run and a 13 yard run. And he even had a touchdown, even though it was called back, but he just looked so decisive. He looked like he was running with a purpose. I mean, I loved what I saw out of Williams. I mean, whatever his ADP is, and I believe it's at the end of the sixth round draft him because he's going to be a league winner once he finally takes over. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, he's going um, ADP 71. So around there, I'm not, I'm a history teacher, but running back 27, uh, that's, (laughs) That that's you know that's there. Uh, now one of my next guys, is someone someone who I've always kind of been I'm not out on, but he's shorter than me, which is really short. Rondell Moore, uh, and I was always worried about Rondell Moore with his height, uh, his size, his injury history, everything there. But he had a, I think the one thing about him, so you know he had six snaps with the Cardinals. He they rested DeAndre Hopkins, they rested AJ Green. They're not probably going to play both those guys at all. But they prior the thing I loved about watching him in this preseason game is they really prioritized him. They manufactured targets for him and touches, right. and I think that's what I like to see out of him. Now, even if he is the fourth option in that area, I think Christian Kirk. They really they had him sit out as well. Um, he's expected to, or he didn't sit out, but they really utilized more a little bit in this game. He had seven snaps, but mm-hmm. I think they're going to use Kirk in that slot more this year. But Rondale's talented. If he can stay healthy and they're already manufacturing touches for him, right. he's an interesting pickup in this, in this league, because I think they're going to use him in the rushing attack as well. A lot of, a lot of different areas. I like Rondale. I think he's a sneaky grab right now, just because I like what they, how they used him. I do realize though, when Hopkins gets on it, that's where the targets are going to go. Like, so I do know out there, but his ADP is 190 wide receiver 67. So when you're looking at that, would you rather have Rondale Moore or Sammy Watkins? And for me, that's a tough one because Sammy's going to have the targets there, but give me the, maybe the talented manufactured touchers. Maybe we can get a touchdown there. I'm going to go after Rondale Moore. I thought he looked good, and I liked, the, I liked what I saw out of that offense. I don't really necessarily like 
I, we know what he can do. We know his talent, but what is that offensive coach, the system they're going to do? And I like how they got him involved. Yeah. I love players who their coaches manufacture touches for them. Like you said, I mean, he had two carries for 16 yards as well as he caught three passes on four targets. I mean, he got some carries, which is huge, which is why Curtis Samuel has value, which is why LaVisca Chenault has value because they have that floor of they're going to be used in the backfield sometimes and going to get carries and they're and cliff cliff kingsbury wants to give the ball to more in open space and let him break off these crazy plays like he did in purdue so i love that call kevin i am definitely going to think about taking like a late round flyer uh on more in my redraft leagues because i love the wide receivers who have a nice floor with their running ability. Yeah. And, and he's very, and I'm not worried about Kirk. I think that his nah. kind of time is gone. I there, there's no reason why Rondo can't just jump him. Right. Like an right. AJ green, you know, when's AJ green been healthy the last two years? Like we realistically right. could see Rondo slipping his way into by mid season wide receiver too. Uh, and he could right. just be that kid, guy in a, in a pass-heavy offense with with Murray, who everybody loves Murray and says that he's QB1. Well, then these guys have to get their value up, right? Sure. At some point, if you're going to say he's QB1, these other sure. guys should have value and shooting up. So I agree. Yeah. Now, you stole one of my favorite ones. He had a hell of – I've been talking about this guy, I think, since we started this, and yeah. just in general. I think he's a hell of a value. Um, but go ahead and give us who your, who your last guy is. Yeah, so we got Marvin Jones Jr., Trevor Lawrence only had nine pass attempts in last Saturday's game against the Browns, but of those nine attempts, he looked Marvin Jones's way four times. Yeah. He completed three passes to Jones for 52 yards. With DJ Shark out all preseason, Jones definitely has an, has an excellent chance at developing strong chemistry with Lawrence and taking these wide receiver one duties. You know, it's not going to be LaVisca Chanel. He is a glorified gadget guy who is going to get a lot of touches i like his floor but he's not a wide receiver one alpha dog marvin jones is and so is shark but jones is healthy and he's getting that advantage of developing that chemistry and jones is currently being taken as wide receiver 50 in the late 10th round so if you can grab marvin jones jr in the 10th or 11th round jones could be the steal of your draft so here's my hot take, and you tell me what I think that Marvin Jones, and I've said this before on this on the on this stuff. I think Marvin Jones might outscore Lavisca Chanel if he stays healthy. I love that take, dude. I am all about that take. I think he could. If if those three guys are playing, I think that we could see where I think Lawrence can target Jones. He's a reliable yeah. receiver. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to get those targets that we like mm-hmm. to see. It looks like Lawrence and him have built up a very good camaraderie with guys there. I could see Jones outscoring LaVisca. And LaVisca's being touted as this wide receiver two option everywhere where we haven't seen that yet. Like right. Marvin Jones, though, can put up those wide receiver two numbers. We saw in Detroit. Why can't he do the same in Jacksonville? I could see him outscoring um, LaVisca. That's my – that's just for the podcast, though, because if I put that on social media, I'll get, <laughs> I will get destroyed. You'll get but ripped. You'll get ripped. I, I, I would get ripped, but I do think Marvin Jones holds value. I think that, yep. and and it's funny that this happened. So he's going right around Mike Williams. I'm going to take Marvin Jones all day. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Just because I like that. I think it's a very a better valuable play. But then he, uh, Darnell Mooney's going to. So who would you rather have, Marvin Jones or Darnell Mooney? I'm going Jones just because. Okay. Trevor Lawrence is guaranteed to start, whereas Dalton, if all goes right, 
he could probably start a few games and that's going to hurt Mooney. But Mooney is more of like a trade for this guy mid-season before field starts or like a few weeks into the season and let's see what happens. But Jones to me is the safer play. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that's fair. So our stock ups, Zach Wilson, Fields, Josh Palmer, Drew Locke, Rondale Moore, and Marvin Jones Jr. Now, of course, if we got stock ups, we got stock down. And so we're going to go to some stock downs right now. And, and I'll be honest, this was a, this was a little tougher for me. Uh, just, I have a couple of good ones, you know, for me really quick, I just wanted to grab uh Jimmy G's stock is down to me. Like I, I don't like, and, and when we're looking at, you know, Trey, Trey Lance did have one great throw and everybody's kind of touting that up. He had a great touchdown throw there. He did struggle though. So like there was some things that Trey Lance, he's got to work. He's going to struggle with the, the, his timing a little bit. The speed was a little different. He hadn't played. He played one game in like basically two years. So right. I, I expected that. So he does look good, but I just think Jimmy G's time and, in San Francisco's numbers. So a point to where like we can start seeing, you know, them really using Trey in a lot of different ways. I don't think he's draftable in redraft. Uh, You might argue with me there. I don't know if he's draftable because even if he starts run heavy offense, what are they really going to use with him? His ceiling's really low to me. And now what if they bring Trey in in certain special packages and try to do some certain things like I'm out there. So to me, the easiest thing down for me is stock down is Jimmy G. There's a picture of uh, Jimmy G and he is going crazy. Like he, he, he is jumping up and down. He's cheering when Trey Lance hit that 80 yard touchdown. Right. Yeah. Uh, You know, and everyone, everyone is praising him for being such a good cheerleader despite this quarterback battle. And I just thought you better get used to cheering my man, because (laughs) Trey Lance is coming for your job sooner rather than later. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's 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 inevitable, right? We all know yeah. that. But there are some weird Jimmy G truthers out there somewhere. There are. Uh, you know, they're they're out there. All right, who's your who is your first stock down guy? All right, so I gotta go with Andy Dalton. Yeah. Just because Justin Fields had such a good game. He looked great. Andy Dalton just went two for four for 18 yards last Saturday. You know, ho hum. Uh his stock isn't down necessarily because of anything wrong he did. But his backup, Justin Fields, looked one million times better than than him. I still expect Dalton to start this season because Coach Matt Nagy is very stubborn and just wants to see the world burn. Uh, but I, you know, his leash is going to be as long as a toothpick. Yeah. Very short. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Dalton's done. Yeah, we've talked about him now. I there. I, I know how sad I am. I had to trade. I traded a second round pick for Andy Dalton a couple of times last year because I had Dak oh, and I okay. needed to compete. And because I have Dak in like every league, it feels like. And so when he went down, I was trying to plug in, you know, and just plug yeah. holes and plug holes. Yeah, that hole is, is uh, that's just hurts my soul a little bit. Context but, is know. everything, Kevin. You had to do what you had to do yeah. to get the backup of your stud quarterback. I mean, if yeah. you were just like willy nilly, oh, I love Dalton. Then I'm <laughs> no, like, what yeah. are you doing? But you know, it's all about context. So I don't blame you there, but I know, I know. it hurts right now. <laughs> <sighs> it still hurts. All right, what are my uh, next down guys for me? And I love making sure I add the Eagles. Anytime I can talk about the Eagles and badly, that's that's my goal as a Dallas <laughs> oh, fan. Gosh. Uh, and to me, it's a, uh, you know, Greg Ward was a weird, like, I saw some people talking about him. I saw him on like a lot of late round pickup lists. Like, Hey, Greg Ward could be that guy. Maybe he'll, he'll go into that as a slot receiver and those type, type of things. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's Quez, Quez Watkins. I don't know necessarily how to say his first name, but he had, he actually did much better. Uh, you know, when he, when you watch him, Watkins had two targets, he had one reception, 79 yards and a touchdown. So we saw that. 
Uh, he had 83 yards after the catch. So we saw big playability. But right. Greg Ward only had two snaps that whole game. And so the, he, he still was on the field. So for me, I, I don't know if he's going to get past there. Jalen Rieger's out there. So he played more first-team snaps than Greg Ward did. Um, even though it looks like, you know, Rieger's going to probably jump in there. Once Devonta Smith is healthy, we could be looking at Ward being like a fifth on the depth chart. And an offense, I really don't want these receivers anyway. Like, I feel like I was seeing Greg Ward out there too much, and so I'm out. Greg Ward, I don't know. I'm out on Watkins, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Quiz Watkins is not someone I'm drafting. Even mm-hmm. Fogum. Like, I'm not Travis Fogum no. either. But no. I, I, the only guys I, I'm taking a shot on is Smith and Rieger um, in this, but I'm out on Greg Ward 100%. So anyone who is a Greg Ward truther, I'm sorry, but Greg Ward is going to get cut by the end. I just don't see that there's any room, especially with uh, Devonta Smith and Travis Fulgham and all those wideouts, you know, you know, like, and Quez, you know, like, like you said, he had seven, you know, he had 79 yards. I just don't see Greg Ward making this team. Uh, And we just saw that carry on Johnson was just cut today, but by the, by the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I mean, no one is safe, even though, even though Ward has been there for a few years, he's, he's gone. There's no way. I love it. You have another Eagle on your list here. So I I love it. Let's just pound on the Eagles. Eagles, you guys are trash. All right. Who is your down? (laughs) Who's your down stock for your Eagles guy here? All right. It's Dallas Godert. What can I say that Kevin hasn't already said? If you haven't heard of Kevin's infamous rant online, (laughs) then go to last week's up last week's episode. Uh, But I just want to add more fuel to that fire by telling you that Zach Ertz not only played last Saturday, but he ended up playing more, uh, more with the starters than, than Dallas Goddard, even though most of Zach Ertz's snaps was for run blocking that it, it it is extremely notable because it's going to hurt Goddard's playing time. Um, So Eagles are trying hard to, to trade Zach Ertz, but if Ertz winds up staying with the Eagles, Dallas Goddard won't be anything more than, than an inconsistent streaming option. And there's no way he cracks the top 10. No, I, I, you know, we already talked about this. Uh, you know, right. I, I, I famously said, like, what the hell are you guys doing out there? You know, drafting him. I don't right. think he gets in that top 10 either based on what they're doing. And, and just like we just mentioned with their wide receivers. Um, and if they do get Devonta, Jalen Rieger's better. Um, I do think Ertz is still, I think Ertz is a value now. Like, if, you, if he's going to play that right. many snaps, he's going to get out there. He could be a value late round pick. Um, I'm all yeah. on board with that. I, I'm, I, 100%, uh, I get that. Um, and I've been out on Dallas for a long time. Like, and right. he's older too. Like, he's not a young dynasty asset either. Like, he's mm-hmm. not someone out there that you can you can really go. So I- I'm good there. My yeah. next guy is another old ass player that <laughs> people are still drafting, and that's David Johnson from the Texans. Oh, uh, man. Now I get that like you don't want to hold like, hey, you no know, preseason, the private actor, or whatever. But you know they have four potential guys at that running back position, and you know two of them didn't play. So Johnson was restricted. He was kind of a third down role with the starters. But you know who took all the first team snaps? Our guy, Philip Lindsay. Lindsay, okay, so baby. I'm telling you, like, you know, Philip Lindsay's going to have a role on this team. And we mentioned him, and yeah. I, I think that he will. He's going to eat into David Johnson's uh, carries and touches, and all those running backs are. You know, Ingram's going to be there as well. I, it'll be interesting to see who gets cut and who doesn't. But, you know, Philip is going as running back 50 right now. 
and ADP is right. 160. That's, you know what? And David, you know, when we look at David Johnson, he's going as running back 38 and we're at 104 is ADP. Stop that. Draft right. someone else and Gosh. draft Lindsay. Right. Like it, it just doesn't make sense to me why you're going after him. He's not explosive. He doesn't have that. Nope. Lindsay has that PPR ability, probably a little bit better than David Johnson does. Mm-hmm. I think there's this realistic scenario where Lindsay takes over this backfield. And I don't think that's crazy. Yep. Absolutely not. Yeah. David Johnson's time has gone and passed. And so has Mark Ingram and all the other old running backs that the Texans added. Philip Lindsay is 27 and he's the youngest by far on, you know, in this group. I think that David Johnson is the second youngest at 29. Philip Lindsay has acceleration for days. I know that the Houston Texans are just going to be a garbage fire this year, but Philip Lindsay has that home run, home run capability. Every play he can take it to the house. And that's what you want out of your late round running back. I mean, he's being taken in the 14th round right now, guys. You want to target Philip Lindsay and do not draft David Johnson. I could not agree with my co-host here, Kevin Moore. Do do not draft David Johnson. He's not yeah, worth it. It's a wasted pick. And if you're a zero running back truther, if you don't leave your draft with Lindsay, you need right. to stop calling yourself a zero running back truther. Like that it. is the ultimate zero running back guy. If you're not drafting him, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know. And you don't need to worry about Rex Burkhead. He had he tore his ACL. He has a bunch of injuries older. The guy that I would be going after in this offense is Philip Lindsay. Yes. Uh, as far as that running back backfield. So, all right, why don't you wrap up our last stock down? This is going to be high. Right. I like this one. <laughs> all right. Last one, guys, is Michael Carter, running back of the Jets. Now, the hype train for Michael Carter has been full steam ahead since he was drafted by the Jets in the fourth round. Carter Carter is the first Jet that is being taken uh, as running back 30. Okay, but the bad news is that he didn't start last week. It was Ty Johnson. He received the start and split the backfield with Carter. And also, Ty Johnson received all of the third down snaps, which we all thought that... Michael Carter would make his money by being that pass catching back. Well, it's Ty Johnson in on third downs. Now I know that it's early in the preseason and Carter is a rookie, but this is notable guys because Carter is being taken so early. You have to monitor the situation, Uh, you know, and also Tevin Coleman didn't even play in this game. And he figures to be a part of a three man backfield because Jets head coach, Robert Sala, he comes from the 49ers tree and the 49ers love to roster all these running backs and just keep everyone fresh. So this isn't Michael Carter's backfield, or at least it isn't for the first part of the season. And I can see it not happening at all this season. I could see each running back, as long as they're healthy, get an even amount of carries. And it seems like to me right now that Ty Johnson is the guy to target later in your drafts. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, one of my other, you know, my Debbie co-host, he loves Ty Johnson. Jeff Bell's <laughs> all been about Ty. And because he came from Maryland and when he's healthy and he didn't have his injuries, he was really good. He's explosive and he has mm-hmm. those abilities. I think this is a stay away backfield too. I think Michael Carter's getting way overdrafted. Uh, you know, they, they, and I agree in terms of that part of it. I just don't want in redraft, especially, I don't mind taking a shot at Michael and, and dynasty. He was still getting overdrafted, sure. but I don't mind it. But in redraft, that this is just, I feel like, uh, avoid like you just don't want to get into right like i feel right. like michael carter you're drafting him as absolute ceiling 
And for what, maybe two games where he breaks out, and then the other three games, Ty Johnson has a touchdown. You know, it's just uh, for me, it's just I'm out. I'm out on that in that area. I do think they're going to use their running backs, but there's no way to know like where the hell they're going to go. Like you were mentioning, like where the hell do they go with this type of thing? Like I like that you put them in there, but there's some Michael Carter people out there. I just, I just, it's too risky to me. Like it's just too risky. No, man, as the RB30, which means he's going around the seventh round. Oh, yeah. man, there are so many other surefire options in that in that area. I'm not going to risk it with Michael Carter, who is in a potential three-man backfield. Yeah, no give, me, give me Rojo. Team Rojo, baby. Right. I will take Rojo at running back 35. Even Damian Harris, right? Wouldn't you run yes. Damian Harris over Michael Carter? Absolutely, just because he is the guy there. I know that Ramondre... Ramondre yeah. Stevenson had a good game, but that was against all the backups guys. It is Damian Harris's backfield. So I would take Harris over Carter for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I think those that's where you go and you yeah. and you kind of, you know, Carter's just it's too risky for me. Like yeah. um it just is. It's too risky for me and that's coming from me, guys. I don't I I don't care about risk. I just right. I roll with it. Like right. I'm still staying away from that backfield. I'm out of there. So, our stock down guys, Jimmy G, Andy Dalton, Greg Ward, Dallas Goder, David Johnson, please stop drafting David Johnson. Everybody please. out there, please listen please. to me. And then Michael Carter. So those are those are our stock downs. We went over our stock ups. And now we're going to take some of your uh, listener questions. So we're going to start with this trade. We had a trade question here. It's a one-quarterback league, so I'm going to defer a little bit to uh, my co-host because he plays more one-quarterback than I do. Half PPR. <laughs> Antonio Gibson and Deontay Johnson for CeeDee Lamb and a 2023 first. So where are you going here? I thought this was a fantastic deal, and I and I actually kind of like it. Where would you go with this deal? So it's super tempting to go with the Antonio Gibson and Deontay Johnson side. But Kevin, your dynasty take back in episode one, when we were both giving our philosophies, you know, on how we attack, you know, a dynasty draft and a redraft, uh, you pointed out that running backs really only have two to three years of a dominant window. Mm-hmm. So now that makes me want to side with the superior wide receiver in any trade I see. Uh, so I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking CD lamb, baby. I, I know that you won't get to use that 2023 first round draft pick for a few years, which is, which is a huge bummer because you would rather get, you know, something a lot more sooner, but at least you will have a potential top 10 wide out for the next seven to eight years, at least. So give me lamb. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to go the other way on this so we could argue. I know. Uh, it, I know. it is so hard for me not to take CD. I, it is, it, it, I, you know, here's the argument on the other side. So like what I would say is Antonio Gibson could very well be a top 12 back. Maybe he, he breaks out and he has that there. Um, I like Deontay Johnson, but when I looking at talent, I got to go CD. Like I don't, I, if he's going to be a top five dynasty guy, I can't, I can't be that guy that goes, Oh, I got to go. Right. I, I can't go against my boy CD. I right. just can't with this deal. And a 2023 first we've mentioned that, like you mentioned, that's a loaded ass class guys. Like that is a class that if you trust your league is going to be there, I don't see how you don't make this deal. Cause you could get, there's five legit running back ones, maybe in that class. The, right. It's going to be like the swift class. So now you're talking like, Hey, you know, I, it's hard though. It's hard to be like, "Hey, I got it." But I, I do think, uh, give right. me the dominant asset, and the asset right. is CD, right? 
100%. And also, I wanted to shout out David Mendy, who asked where my Jerry Judy jersey is. And it's right here, baby. It's right here. Number 10. Let's go. Jerry Judy season, wide receiver two season. Let's go. <laughs> hey, I, I, I agree. I think my Sutton shares are hurting right now a little bit inside. Uh, now, we have another uh, listener question. In redraft, who would you take, Najee Harris or JT? Jonathan Taylor. All right. So... I know that it's super tempting to take Najee just because Carson Wentz isn't there, uh, you know, and Quentin Nelson is hurt too. But there is a realistic shot that Wentz and Nelson will return for week one, which puts Taylor for me right up at the top five. And even if they don't show up for week one, the Colts have one of the strongest offensive lines in the league. And Jonathan Taylor to me hasn't reached his ceiling. He's 22 years old. He had a dominant second half, and he's going to carry that over into this year. Um, You know, he's not a great pass catching back, but he is solid. You know, like he gets the job done. And plus, you figure that Jonathan Taylor is going to get more work around the goal line, which will even will which will even up his value even more. There is a realistic shot that Taylor can finish in the top three if everything breaks right. Wentz needs to come back because I just don't trust Jacob Eason, even though he looked okay in the preseason, he had a really nice throw to Paris Campbell, which I talked to you about Mm -hmm. um, Kevin. And also, uh, and like, I just, you know, even if Jacob Eason starts, Jonathan Taylor is a talented running back who is going to dominate touches with a great offensive line. I'll take that great Colts offensive line over the shoddy Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, even though Najee has a better quarterback. Big Ben is not indestructible. He can get hurt at any second too, guys. Yeah, I, I think this is easy, JT, right? Like, no. I, I don't uh, – I think Najee's getting overdrafted. I know it's, he's getting he, – I think yeah. he's 111 right now in redraft. Yeah. Like, I think he's going around there. That's yeah, kinda, he's shooting up. That's pretty high. Like, they're, they're – you know what? You know how disrespectful it is that Najee's getting drafted ahead of Swift by, like, almost two rounds, Jacob? <laughs> that hurts inside Man. a little bit. I don't understand right. that. Do you understand that? Or am I just so, – I, I have Swift blinders on. So, I, I am I crazy to think that's way – like I, 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 when I was looking at this recently, so well, Swiss going as running back sixteen, Najee going about running back eleven. Um, so, am I crazy to think that's way too much? You're not crazy, but I can see why, just because of the situations. You know, Najee Harris is with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have a much better offense than the Detroit Lions. That's the but only I, reason why. But couldn't you argue that Detroit's Detroit Lions? The Detroit Lions offensive line is better than the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line? Absolutely, actually. Um, especially since they took a first round pick uh, on, I'm blanking on his name, but, uh, you know, they spent their eighth pick on an offensive tackle who is a beast. So, yeah, Penny Sunil. Penny Sunil. Right, right, right. Who yeah. the Bengals should have taken, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> yes. So, Lions do have a much better line, but you figure that. Everyone's going to be stacking the box on Swift, which will make it hard for Swift. But if you get Swift the ball in open space, he's a beast. So, listen, man. Jerry, okay. So, okay. Here's what I don't understand about fantasy Twitter or just Twitter or just fantasy in general. So, like, (laughs) we can be high on how many people are talking up Hawkinson? Like, he's the next what? Like, 
you know, like this next just, you know, oh, Hawkinson is going to be the next target guy, top right. tight end guy, all this stuff. Oh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, stud. I'm on Ross, uh-huh. best, you're going to be a rookie runner. Oh, oh, but you know what? They suck, and Swift's just not going to have the, you know, I get Jared Goff's not the greatest quarterback. I'm not a Jared Goff guy. If you've ever followed me, you know I am out on Jared Goff. I've been out on Jared Goff for two years. But let's, why can we prop up all these other targets, but then we then we go, oh, well, they're their offense is not going to be that great, so Swift's True. not going to be that. I don't understand it to where, okay, so the Steelers have three top ty- um, wide receivers that we talked about in, in fantasy perspectives. You got yeah. Deontay, you got Juju, you got Claypool. Claypool's banged up. They're going to get targets as well. And then that offensive line's a little shoddy. Big Ben, I would argue that Jared Goff's arm is better than Big Ben's. Like, his his at least his arm strength. Right, right now, now. Just yes. His, right now, his True. arm strength is there. So now, but Najee's going as running back 11, and everybody's talking <laughs> about him going to be the finishes of the top 10. Like, it, it just, those things don't correlate. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't quite understand that. If I could, if I could add one more point, Najee has no, has no competition behind him. DeAndre Swift has a Jamal Williams behind him. Does that worry you at all, Kevin? No, not and not to the extent that like it's worrying other people because I still think Swift's going to get the targets and I still think that Swift's going to score more touchdowns. He's going to get more volume. Like I think 250, 250, 275 carries and in the what 50, 60 targets for Swift. That's yeah. fair yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Like and I, I don't think Williams is that is going to scare me that much. There's a reason why the Packers let him go. Like there, there. If he was that good, or that big of an option, we're talking about like being that third down guy, those type of things. You know, who do they have there? Yeah, and they, they let him go and drafted a running back. So right. yeah, I think we're overvaluing these guys a little yeah. bit in terms of like where they're at. But it just doesn't ever correlate to me. Like, okay, well, Hawkinson, we love. I'm on Raw, we love. Tyrell Williams, sleeper. Oh, but Jared Goff often sucks. Like I don't quite. I don't know. I, it, maybe I'm just old and cynical and just you know. <laughs> yeah you know you know that's that's part of it i'm just old and cynical i think that's right. where it's at um all right well those are some listener questions we appreciate it there now we are going to go to our super smash bros question of the of the segment and we appreciate you guys giving us one and we did a super smash bros uh sound at the beginning because i'm an idiot so we're not gonna do it again but in dynasty right now based on what we've seen the first week where everybody's at is who would we rather draft first justin fields or trey lance and who are we taking here now you've heard Jacob talk of this kid this whole time, but who? So we kind of know where he's at. But who would you take? So just in perspective, everybody out there, that we still have some um, some dynasty ADP out there. Uh, you know, Lance is going just ahead at I think it was ADP twenty, and then Fields is like ADP twenty two. So it's very close. These guys are literally going back to back. So who would you rather want? Kevin, I need to hear that sound because I need to get pumped up. So can right, you please right. play the battle royale song, please. Three, two, one. There we go. Let's go. All right. All right. Who, All right. Now I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> who, who are you? Who are you gigging then? Who Who do you think? Who would you rather have on your dynasty team? All right. So I remember we discussed the Fields versus Lance battle in one of our first shows, dating back to June. You yeah. know, but but now that we have seen them both in their first preseason action, we wanted to visit it again. Uh, so my consensus after the NFL draft was Fields. Fields was the safer choice over Lance just because Lance came from a D2 school and Fields proved that he could he could ball out at a D1 level. Uh, not only is uh, Justin Fields still safer for me, but he he's 
he's already performed at a high level in last week's game, albeit against second stringers, but he did it. You know, like he looked great. Now, don't get me wrong. My earlier reservations about Lance jumping from D2 to the NFL has been put to rest, seeing him in training camp and in the first week of the preseason. He had a bunch of great looks and Lance looked great. And the Niners dropped a lot of balls at first, you know, like they dropped a lot of beautiful throws. He did start to struggle towards the second half, but still, I mean, like both looked comfortable. Um, I just love how calm, cool, and collected Fields was in the pocket and only taking off and running when he needed to. Uh, you know, it gave me the utmost confidence in him seeing that. Like he, he hung tight in the pocket. He was looking downfield and only took off when he absolutely had to. I love that. Um, you know, and I talked about that underrated play where Fields pretended to take off, you know, like drawing in, in, uh, and then passing it to that guy. Like he just, he had a lot of heady plays that makes me confident for the future. And he, to me still looks like the safer play over Lance. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong. Uh, just, just, so, just so you know. Okay, so first of all, if this is redraft, obviously I think Fields has a has a quicker path to starting. Sure. I think that. So I understand that. But in Dynasty, man, give me Lance is okay. So here's the thing: Lance is a very you know when you watch him play, he that arm is just talented. Like he has mm-hmm. arm strength. He's gonna get it there. He's gonna have that. He's in a great system. I trust the offensive system with the Niners. I think that he can be within that system. So. Even if Fields comes in this year, if, if they don't perform that well, Nagy might be gone, right? Like, we right. might be looking at maybe Fields having another offensive coordinator, a new head coach who has to buy into Fields again, right? And we've seen this happen time and time again. Have you we seen this? That lame duck coach, he goes in that last year, they draft a quarterback. Maybe he doesn't do what they needed to do. Maybe he's stick on the Dalton too much. Maybe there's just too much bad blood. Now he's learning a new system next year. Now he's learning this, maybe new weapons. Allen Robinson is gone. Now, because they haven't given that contract extension. Now, where that weapons go? Another year of David Montgomery. Now, let's transfer over to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say Trey Lance maybe doesn't start right away. Maybe he learns. Because, yes, he's got to learn a little bit more. He didn't look as comfortable in the pocket as Fields. But that's experience, right? But now, mm-hmm. after a year, he's going to have a similar system. Shanahan's not going anywhere. I don't care what anybody thinks. They have a great system put in place. Yeah. They have those weapons that are going to build around him. Ayuk, Kittle's still going to be there. Um, you know, you're looking at Trey Sermon. I just feel like, and e- even Debo, when you look at from a dynasty perspective, the outliers matter more for Lance, what he's built around his system, awareness, who he's going to be, comfortability. And as he develops, his ceiling is going to be higher. Now, I love Fields, so don't get me wrong. It's just <laughs> I don't trust Nagy. I don't trust where's Allen Robinson going to be. I don't trust where that franchise is going especially that defense is getting older so they're really in that weird flux to where the Niners can kind of build and grow with Lance where the fields are going to have or the excuse me Bears are going to have to plug and play with fields and try to compete every year so I just love I'm more comfortable with Lance in that situation whereas I think that his upside is super high I think Lance's upside is higher than fields I think if fields is a safer play uh, this year for sure. But after that, it gets very murky for him. Like it's just, there's so many unknowns for him. Whereas I think it's more salt. I think there's more stability in San Francisco. Does that make sense? That's a great point. You know, and Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius that uh, 49ers would be foolish to let him go. I remember when the Broncos were in search of 
a head coach. They interviewed Kyle Shanahan and they interviewed Vance Joseph and they hired Vance Joseph. And, and I knew at that's like, that was the worst decision. That was a decision that they could make. So I love those points that you made about the stability of the franchise, because I was almost looking at just as a lens of the players, but I mean, Justin Fields, he is not guaranteed to have Allen Robinson next year because Allen Robinson is on the franchise tag. Uh, So, you know, his weapons could look vastly different next year. Now I don't, now I think that fields can overcome that and still be a top 12, a top 12 quarterback for the next six years or so. But you do have a point that Lance does have that top three upside if you know he can grow, if he can, if he can learn, because he still has a lot of learning to do. Like he took yeah. a lot of sacks. He went with the pressure instead of stepping up in the pocket. Like there are some things that that do need to get cleaned up. That Fields looks more advanced at right now. But if Lance does learn that and he does step up in the pocket and becomes more comfortable, I could see Lance being the better asset in a year or two. But I think that Fields is more ready now. So I want to go with the safer option. But I see your point 100%, Kevin. I see. Yeah, that's why I'm right. No, I I just I just (laughs) think I just don't trust Matt Nagy. I'm out. I'm out on Nagy. And that's fair. So for for me, it's now it's all about value. Like I took Fields at the 110 in a league. Uh, and I've done that before to where, Fine. and I also got, you know, Lance at the, like 108 in an early draft, like before okay. we even knew anything about this. So I get it, but I think for perspective for me is like, who's going to be around him. I right. have more faith in the Niners and I hate the Niners. I'm a Cowboys fan. It's hard. <laughs> I wanted to buy a Jersey of Lance, but he went to the yeah. Niners. I can't do it. Like I literally just can't do it. But I just think in that perspective where he's at that. I would rather I'd, I'd just rather take Lance. That's yeah. just kind of where I'm at. And I, you know me, I I'm rolling the dice, baby. I, I love the love this I love upside the, plays. I love it, and I love I love the gamble. That's just kind of how I am with these uh, these guys. So love you know, it. you guys let us know. What do you guys think about this? You can find us on YouTube definitely, or if you're listening on the podcast, find us on Twitter uh, and let us know who you would rather take. So we are done with that game. Now we are done. You know, we went through the we went through everything for you guys in this episode. We appreciate you kind of going through. We went to recent news, Bateman, Mike Williams, who our stock up, stock stock down is, listener questions. And you know, I want to say too, you can find us at uh, at Twitter. I'm at the boys underscore 22. Jacob's at ain't done yet. His name is much better than mine. Uh, <laughs> but we'll always answer your questions. And we've we've had a lot of support the last few weeks. We really appreciate the listens that we've gotten. Yes. Uh, Jacob, you got anything before we get out of here? I just wanted to echo that, my man. Thank you guys so much for listening and answering questions and following us on Twitter. And all I got to say is 23 more days until kickoff, ladies and gents. Let's go. We're getting close. And once we get to the final game time, we'll be able to talk about waiver wire ads, everything there. It's going to be a lot more. Uh, we appreciate you listening during yeah. the dog days of the summer. And we're going to get you there. And in uh, not next week, but the week after, we'll be doing our mock draft. And we will be going over what we should be doing looking at redraft. So we appreciate you guys listening. Please, please hit that subscribe button. Find us on podcast. If you listen there, give us a rating. Uh, and we appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next week.